Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that smells like a big old bucket of wet cheese. I'm your host, and my name is Steven. What's up, folks? I got a really exciting topic to talk about today, and it's, well, it's a book. It's not a topic. It's a book, which I guess could be a topic. I don't know. I don't want to get out the dictionary and look up to see if what I'm saying is correct or incorrect. I'm pretty sure I'm correct. I'm pretty sure I'm correct most of the time, in fact, and yet... I always seem to be wrong. But I want to talk about a book called The Wrong Earth. And we're going to talk about issue number one. This was published by Ahoy Comics. And the issue came out on September 12th, way back in 2018. So why am I just waiting to talk about it now? Well, I couldn't afford to buy any books back in 2018. I can barely afford to buy books now. When I buy a new book occasionally every now and then, I do it because of the fine folks that support me over on my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Stephen R. Orr, which you can you can go and join up the Just Another Fanboy Fan Club. We're called the Just Another Fan Club. Isn't that clever? A dollar a month. That's all it's going to take, folks. That's all you need to get in there and be a part of the fan club. You're also going to get a special podcast just for you. It's my other podcast. And you know what I call it? My other podcast. <laughs> All right, I'll stop that. Anyway, they released this series of books called The Wrong Earth, ended it on a cliffhanger, and then the new series is coming out in January. So I thought it would be fun to focus on each individual issue. I actually went back and forth in my head. Should I talk about the full series as if I read the trade and just pretend that I read the trade, even though I read them in single issues? Because it doesn't really matter. It's the same story either way. Or should I do what I do, which is what I do when I do the stuff that I do, which is to talk about it one issue at a time? Well, I confirmed that the new series comes out in January. So I thought I'd just tackle each individual issue starting today and then sprinkle the rest in between now and when the new series comes out 
in January. So let's just talk about some credits here. Let's credit some people. This book and all its wonderful characters was created by Tom Payer, P-E-Y-E-R, and Jamal Eigel. It was written by Tom Payer, art by Jamal Eigel, inks by Juan Castro, colors by Andy Troy, and letters by Rob Steen. There's a couple of really wonderful backup features in the book. I'm not going to talk about the backup features in these issues. Maybe I'll come back after I go through the issues and just talk about the backup features. Maybe I'll do a whole episode just on the backup features because each issue has like a short story about one of the characters. And like this issue, for example, has an interview. It has a short story that's set like in the golden age with one of the characters, and it has even a prose tale, which I believe was written by Grant Morrison with a couple of illustrations to go along with it. And I think that's kind of neat. They're giving you more bang for your buck. But for now, we're just going to concentrate on the main story. We open right in the middle of the action. Page one and Dragonfly Man and his teenage sidekick, Stinger, are strapped to a table surrounded by mirrors. There's a device next to them, and it has a label on it, and it says ricocheting heat beam, and it's firing its heat beam, which is bouncing off all the mirrors around them. They're basically baking in this room, and they're about to die. At the top of the page, there is a text box, and just based on this, it's like it's a splash page, and based on the text box and the splash page, the art that goes along with it, the tone of this book, or at least this segment of the book, just becomes immediately apparent. When last we met Dragonfly Man and Stinger, they were baking in a hot mirror trap set by that ego-driven evildoer, number one. So right away, I feel like I'm in the middle of one of those campy Batman episodes from the 60s. Stinger's worried. He's afraid they're going to die. But Dragonfly Man tells him not to worry. He still has an ace up his sleeve. Their evil nemesis, number one, whose voice is coming out of a speaker that also has a big label on it that says super heat proof closed circuit speaker. Well, he begins to mock Dragonfly Man and his optimism. I want to make note of a couple of things on this page that I found a bit interesting. First, and it's weird because this is the third time I've read this issue. And I didn't notice it until this third time around. But in a couple of the mirrors, we see alternate versions of Dragonfly Man and Stinger strapped to the table. I don't know why I didn't notice that the first two times through. But as I'm reading it this third time, I went, holy crap, because that's kind of the premise of this book. Let me just go ahead and give that away. I'm not trying to hold the secret back. They pretty much explain it. In the description of the book, the cover of the book gives it away. And frankly, the title kind of gives it away, The Wrong Earth. We are dealing with a multiverse here. And on the one hand, we have Dragonfly Man and Stinger. And their story takes place in Fortune City in Earth Alpha. And then on the flip side, we have the alternate version of Dragonfly Man, who's just called Dragonfly. He doesn't have a Stinger because Stinger died sometime in the past. And he, his story takes place in Fortune City on Earth Omega. Now, Dragonfly Man and Stinger on Earth Alpha, their world resembles the, the campy Batman of the 60s. Dragonfly on Earth Omega, his Earth is more, I would consider it maybe, I don't want to say 90s, 
because it's not, he doesn't have a lot of pouches and big guns. It's not that kind of 90s, but it's when Batman started to go grim and gritty. Maybe it's even more modern Batman. You find out that at some point Stinger, his teenage sidekick, had died. Maybe his world started out like Earth Alpha, and because Stinger died, things became more realistic for him. You know, like bad boys, the stuff just got real. And so it's more gritty, it's dark. There's a bunch of other key differences. For example, in Earth Alpha, when Dragonfly and Stinger are fighting people, when they hit somebody, there's a a big special effect, you know, sound effect that pops up that says stuff like bash or clunk or something like that. Well, when Dragonfly in Earth Omega, when he's fighting people, there's none of that. In fact, the first scene you get with this guy, he is fighting these henchmen, his version of number one, his henchmen, and the fight is actually is practically done in silence. There are no sound effects anywhere on the page. The only noises are made by Dragonfly himself, and they're just grunts of pain if he gets hit or short grunts of effort as he's throwing punches and whatnot. But we'll, we'll get to that. But that's kind of the point of this book. They end up switching places. Dragonfly Man, the campy Batman ends up in the gritty, dark reality that is could be considered our reality. And then Dragonfly ends up in the campy reality. It's, it's really quite fun. Now, the last thing I want to note here on this opening page, which, again, I think is kind of fun. It kind of feeds into that whole campy tone. There's a giant thermometer, like a mercury thermometer, on the wall behind them. And it, and it too, has a label, and it just says, industrial thermometer. And it's quite quite hot. Now, number one, we meet on the next page. The next page is like a two-page spread. We meet number one, Dragonfly Man's evil nemesis. He is, he's a bit silly looking. He's a bit garish. He's wearing blue and red striped pants. He's got a red like suit jacket on. He's got a blue ascot. He's got a big gold medallion hanging around his neck of a number one circled in gold. He has a cane with a big golden number one on the top of it, and he has these round sunglasses, and there's a number one on each lens. He's got maybe not quite shoulder length hair, and it's brown with uh, like the, you know, when they want to show age on a comic book character, they put the gray streaks on the sides of their head. And with him are his henchmen, and one of his henchmen is a woman named Deuce, which is a rather unfortunate name, but she is, she's also dressed not quite as garish as he is. She's got like red leather pants and some kind of skirt, white skirt top with a number two motif pattern around the edge of the skirt, ringing the bottom of the skirt. And her skin is white. I don't know if it's makeup, but she has like these two rosy red circles on her cheeks with a number two in the middle. So if Dragonfly Man and Stinger are said to be, or who I associate them as being Batman and Robin, then number one and Deuce are basically the Joker and Harley Quinn. And she even calls him onesie. He has these henchmen around him. There are three of them. And we know that at least two of them are named Trey and Cater. Now, I need to explain this because I did a lot of research on this, and I don't know if my research is correct. Trey obviously means three. So what does cater mean? So I looked it up, 
And from what I could find on a six-sided die, like what you would get in a Monopoly game or whatnot, each side at one point in the past, it's no longer the case, but they used to be called a name that represented the number of pips on that side. Ace, deuce, tray, cater, sink, and sice or cease. We do see that one of the three henchmen has a number four on his lapel. They're, they're, all three of them are dressed in these nice dark suits. And so we have to assume that he is Cater because according to what I read about a six-sided die, Cater is the, the number four. Now they just call him one, two, three, four, five, and six. And so then Trey would be number three. So obviously number one has a whole ranking and a whole number theme going on. Now surrounding number one and his henchmen, he's, he's sitting in a really plush chair and he's speaking into a microphone. So his voice is going in to what we assume is the next room because on the wall is a giant, well, not a giant, it's a regular size door, but it's a steel door with one of those big wheels on the front, like a submarine door type of thing. And so we're assuming that Dragonfly Man and Stinger, they're in the other room, baking and dying and burning to death as number one on his microphone, basically explains his plan to them as criminals were known to do back then during these types of stories. And basically what he's got going on, surrounding him on the walls are paintings. They're all portraits of him. There's even one of him riding a horse. And he explains to Dragonfly Man and Stinger that his plan is to go to the city museum, steal all their priceless works of art and replace them with his portraits. Dragonfly Man, I think, has a very great response to this. And he says, Narcissistic ne'er-do-well, what sick satisfaction do you derive from these conceited crimes? This actually seems to offend, number one, quite a bit. But Deuce calms him down by telling him that Flyface is going to be dead and stuff in a few minutes. Number one agrees, feels a little better about the situation. And he has his three henchmen gather the portraits so they can get to work. Another thing to note, along with the paintings on the wall, in this room, there is a mirror. It's like one of those full-length mirrors like you would put on the back of a door, but it's, it's inside, it's in a big, intricate, golden frame. And there's a sign stuck to the top of the mirror that says, hands off mirror, which is kind of curious. So as number one and deuce and their henchmen are about to escape. The door, the big steel door with the wheel on it, blows off of its hinges, and Dragonfly Man and Stinger are there. They have escaped. Number one, of course, is kind of confused. How did you do that? And Dragonfly Man, well, he explains. He tells them how it happened. Apparently, during the fight that got the two captured before the book started, he managed to grab the number three pin from Trey's lapel and conceal it between his cheek and gums. Then he actually manages to spit it out of his mouth with such force that it cracks open one of the mirrors. Because as he says, he was targeting what he noticed was a weak spot in the wall of mirrors. And per Stinger, this caused a tiny exposed patch of wall that went up like tissue paper. Dragonfly knew an egomaniac like you would never obey municipal building codes. And that's when the fight starts. And again, as they're punching the thugs, we see words like bash and clonk. I also want to say here real quick, the art in this is freaking gorgeous. Now, we go from here to Earth Omega, where we meet 
Dragonfly, who is fighting a group of henchmen, a group of thugs. They're all dressed the same. Leather pants, no shirts, leather vests. They're all very muscly. They have on leather gimp masks. And they're just having this brutal, violent fight. Each of the henchmen have baseball bats. They manage to connect with Dragonfly once in a while. And at one point, Dragonfly pulls something out of his glove and it turns out to be like a mini blowtorch and he sets them all on fire. And as they're burning, he grabs one of the bats from one of these guys, which is in flames, and he just cracks it along this jaw, cracks it along the jaw of one of the henchmen, this flaming bat and this henchman who is also in flames. And then he just walks away, leaving them on the ground to burn to death. He goes into a warehouse where he comes across his version of number one, which looks quite different from Earth Alpha's number one. He is, he's still got the hair with the gray sides, but he's got like the side of his head shaved with a number one. It's not quite, it might be branded into the side of his head. It looks more like it was carved in there with a knife because the scar is just really puffy. It's like a puffy scar of a number one on the side of his on the side of his head. And he's sitting there next to a hospital bed and he's getting a blood transfusion from a teenager who is unconscious. And Dragonfly, of course, is very shocked. And right away, number one gives up. I should also mention there is also a big mirror in this room. But number one gives up. He doesn't quite, he, he's kind of mocking Dragonfly and tells him, I don't understand why you're making such a, why you're so shocked at the sight of this kid. It's not like you're not used to seeing dead kids making a, a reference, a jibe about the fact that he once had a sidekick named Stinger who is now dead. And so they, he, Dragonfly punches him. Their fight begins. Number one gets up and he runs into the mirror and goes through it. At the same time, we go back to Earth Alpha and the number one from Earth Alpha does the same thing. Runs to the mirror, goes through it. Dragonfly Man follows his number one. Dragonfly follows his number one. They both end up in each other's worlds. The first thing that number one, the bad, the, the, the gritty number one from Earth Omega does, as soon as he comes through, Stinger breaks the mirror for some reason. I, I honestly can't, can't quite remember why. I think he was trying to chase, I think he was trying to follow Dragonfly Man through and he hit the mirror and it shatters, but not before number one from Earth Omega gets through. And number one picks up a, uh, a shard of the mirror Deuce is, is, is there. We don't have a Deuce from Earth Omega. So the sidekicks are not a thing in Earth Omega. And she asks him what he's doing and she calls him onesie and he tells her never to call him that name. So it makes you feel like, again, maybe she was there in that other world. We don't, we don't quite know, but maybe at one point something happened to her. But he takes this shard of mirror and he stabs Stinger. Back in Earth Omega... Dragonfly Man can't find number one. His version of number one, he runs off somewhere. But he does come across this teenager who's in this hospital bed, and he tells the boy, don't worry, I'll get you help. And he hears police sirens. He's very excited about the police. Whereas in Earth Alpha, Dragonfly comes through the mirror. He sees that Stinger has been stabbed. He doesn't quite get that it's Stinger. In his, in his world, Stinger is dead. But Deuce is kind of freaking out. This is not something that they do in their world. They... They uh, commit capers. You know, they rob museums and steal money. They don't kill people. They're not violent like that. And so she's kind of freaking out. She tells Dragonfly, she says, Dragonfly, man, you've got to help Stinger. And he, he corrects her right away. It's Dragonfly. And by the way, 
he's got stubble on his face. That's how, that's how gritty he is. He doesn't shave very often. He's all stubbly. The costumes between Dragonfly Man and Dragonfly are also a bit different. Dragonfly Man has... His Dragonfly costume is more, more bug-like. He has like these big bug-like globe lenses over his eyes and these little antenna and his cape is more of a like a pair of gossamer wings that flap around behind him. Whereas Dragonfly, his mask is more of a helmet and his costume is more body armor like Batman is now. You know, think about Batman from the 60s and Batman now. Batman from the 60s basically wore spandex. Batman from now wears body armor. So he finally acquiesces and says, all right, I'll check this kid out. And he looks at him and he's like, oh my gosh, he looks just like Stinger. And then they hear police sirens, and she's like, oh, thank goodness the police are here. And he kind of scoffs at her. Ha, if I ever meet a police officer that's not corrupt, I'll give you a million dollars or something like that, right? And so back in Earth Omega, when Dragonfly Man hears the police sirens, he's really excited. Whereas Dragonfly hears the police sirens, and he, he feels like there's a, a fight about to happen. So that's another big difference between the worlds. So... In Earth Alpha, when the police show up, Dragonfly is ready for a fight. They walk in with their gun draw, their guns drawn, and they see Dragonfly, and they're like, "Ah, oh, Dragonfly man! Oh, we're so glad you're here! I have to tell you, we are we so respect everything you do. You're such a big help." And he's like, he's he's shocked. He, he's not used to this at all. And he shows him Stinger. Oh, we'll get help for the boy. Whereas in Earth Omega. The cops show up. Dragonfly Man runs out to meet them. As he runs out, he finds the burned bodies of these henchmen that Dragonfly had burned to death. He sees the cops. They get out of their cars. And he's like, oh, thank God, officers. Thank God you're here. I've got a wounded boy inside. We need to call an ambulance. And the cops, without a word, gun him down. And then they come over to him as he's laying there, presumably dead, and they remove his mask to see who he is, and they see that, good Lord, I can't remember the guy's name. Hold on just a second. I'm going to put you on pause for just a moment. All right, I'm back. Sorry, I had to look that up. I wasn't prepared, but they remove his mask, and they are shocked to find that Dragonfly, we know he's Dragonfly Man, but they think he's Dragonfly. They're shocked to find out that Dragonfly is actually Richard Fame, the rich Wall Street guy. And then that's where the book ends. This was such a good book. I really enjoyed this first issue. It did a great job of setting everything up. It did a great job of really pointing out the the major differences between these two worlds. And it was just really excellent. They did, they were, the differences between even just the character of Dragonfly Man and Dragonfly those differences were just were just spot on. They were really they were really they were done really 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 well. I know I'm not doing it very in I know I'm not doing it justice in my feeble attempts to explain that it was really good. But the 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 changes in costume, even the stuff like the the uh, the sound effects that they used in the campy Earth compared to the gritty Earth, and where they didn't use the sound effects, Dragonfly in the gritty earth really seems like it does feel like he was dragonfly man at one time. He did grow up in a world that was campy. And when he first started fighting crime and being a superhero, that it was just like it was in the campy world of dragonfly man. He had a 
teenage sidekick named Stinger. We know that. Stinger died. And that was probably the point where everything for him changed. And it came be, it became less of an adventurous superhero gallivanting about the city fighting crime to a grim and gritty crime fighter and his war on criminals and striking fear into the hearts of men and just straight up killing people. And the cops are all corrupt and he fights the cops just as much as he fights the criminals. His world feels like that's what it would be like if superheroes were around in our world. His It's like Earth Omega is the real world. Earth Alpha is the fictional world. And now we just have to find out going forward how each one handles himself in this new world. Does Dragonfly Man die? I mean, here's this campy, gallivanting hero kind of guy with a, a bright outlook and a big smile on his face. And he's, he's, you know, he's like a new shiny guy. And he goes into this dark and gritty world. And the first thing that happens is he gets shot. What about Dragonfly? How is he going to handle living in a world where the cops love him? And the criminals aren't really that bad compared to what he's used to. I guess we'll find out because we're going to keep going. We're going to go through all the issues until we get to the end. And I, like I said, it ends on a cliffhanger. I've read these already. And then we'll get ready for the new series, which comes out in January. Again, the art is gorgeous. Jamal Eigel is a freaking monster. His art is beautiful. The colors were good. I'm uh, I'm really happy with a lot of the, the coloring that's being done recently. Um People are really starting to step back from the hyper-intensive multi-shading techniques that people were doing when digital coloring became a thing. When you no longer relied on the penciler to accent muscles or maybe a, a, a cheekbone or stuff like that, the, the colorist did it. And for me, while that may be how it looks in real life, you don't have a line drawn on your face to show where your cheekbone is. For me, it doesn't work in a comic book. It just, it looks weird. It looks off. It looks off-putting. Excellent book. I, now, I, I mentioned at the beginning that I didn't read these back in 2018 because I couldn't afford comics back then. I actually read these because they are currently available through Comixology Unlimited. I want to say off the top of my head, and I'm not going to say it off the top of my head. I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah, there are six issues in this first series, and they're all available right now on Comixology Unlimited. If you are a member of Comixology Unlimited or Kindle Unlimited, you should be able to get all six of these issues to read for free beyond the, the price you're paying to become a, a member of those two programs. Um, but I would recommend if, the, if you find the trade, buy it. It's worth the money. It is worth the money. Because like I said, there's a lot of back matter. I don't know if they included all the back matter in the trade. I would assume they did, but having not seen the trade, I have no idea, but the issues have a lot of fun stuff in the back that do definitely make the price of the cover worth it. And I have to tip my hat to those guys because not a lot of people do that. You know, if you're going to if you're going to put a comic book out there and you're going to charge 4 or 5 bucks an issue, I don't know what they are. Let me look let me look real quick on Comicsology Unlimited. Well, frankly, they're on sale for 99 cents right now. They're normally 3.99. They're on sale for 99 cents each. Unless you're a member of Comixology Unlimited, and in that case, you get them for free. Well, you get to borrow them for free. I don't know how long they'll be available on Comixology Unlimited. They change stuff out every month, so you just never know. Anyway, really enjoyed the book. Highly recommend it. It's a great series so far, and I'm really looking forward to the second series. The Wrong Earth, 
Tom Payer, Jamal Eigel. Go check it out. Until then, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other, stay safe, and wear a freaking mask. Thank you. I'm out. Good night. Good day. Good morning. See ya. Just Another Fanboy is a Stephen or Else production. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about all the comics and such I don't have time to talk about here. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me at Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.